Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast to help you be the best you can be to grow your business, your relationships and personal life. Our conversations with thought leaders and everyday people will inspire you. My mission is to show how positivity helps us all live a more rewarding and meaningful life. Hello, welcome to Positivity Strategist Episode 16. I'm your host, Robin stratton Burkessel. My guest this week is Jackie Kelm. Jackie has much to share about appreciative living. Her writings, trainings and workshops are the best. But first, let's start with our Positivity Lens activity. I do this each week as a way to strengthen our positivity muscle and to hone our ability to view people and situations through multiple lenses, particularly the positive lens. Remember, what you focus on grows. Now at the end of last week's episode 15, entitled Community Strengths and What Makes Us Human, with Dr. Jean-Louis Lambert, I invited you to apply Constellation's salt cycle to yourself. It was intended to help you take stock of yourself by having a stimulating conversation with yourself. That's the S of salt. So what's been going on for you in a number of dimensions in your life and what's working for you? Next was to stop and truly appreciate who you are and what you have. That's the A of salt. We all have strengths and are resourceful, so appreciating those is empowering and strengthening. Part three in the cycle was to reflect on what you've learned from your own observations of yourself. Those learnings propel your growth and development. Learning's ongoing. It doesn't stop ever. And part four was to identify how you might transfer your learnings and insights, not only to feel stronger within yourself and about yourself, but also to pass on to others as we grow in service of others. The transfer is truly a life-changing opportunity. How did SALT work for me? Well, I found that I was a bit overwhelmed last week, so the stimulating conversation with myself led to a strong appreciation that my workload at the moment won't last forever, and I'm grateful for all the positive connections and feedback I'm receiving. I was also reminded that I am forever aware of my learnings and I find my greatest joy comes from transferring my learnings to others in the way of my speaking engagements, my writing, my podcast, my coaching and workshops. I truly enjoyed applying the salt cycle to my situation. I certainly hope you also found it beneficial. To today's episode and my beautiful guest Jackie Kelm, I'm thrilled to have you Jackie. I'm so admiring of all your work, and I think I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. Your first book, Appreciative Living, The Principles of Appreciative Inquiry in Personal Life, is still my all-time favorite Appreciative Inquiry book. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) And I welcome you to Positivity Strategist. Thank you, Robin. I'm really excited to be here. So let me say a little bit more about my guest, Jackie. Jackie Kelm started her career as an engineer, a mechanical engineer at General Motors. Now, she still describes herself as an engineer. I guess you can never take the engineer out of the 
girl, right? <laughs> you can try. <laughs> <laughs> but her context and process has shifted. Jack is now the joy engineer of Appreciative Living LLC. Jackie has authored two books and contributed to a number of others and authored many papers on this topic. And Jackie has designed a number of products and training programs in the field of human development with appreciative inquiry as the framework. And that's how we met. We both share joy in the appreciative inquiry approach, integrating it into our personal and professional beings. Jackie celebrates 24 years of marriage and has two teenage children, a son and a daughter. Now, the diversity in Jackie's professional background comes across to me as a huge advantage. Moreover, Jackie's also had a diverse set of personal experiences when it comes to health and well-being, and how she's overcome those challenges is inspiring. Jackie, you say, is the joy engineer. Your greatest joy comes from watching others apply the ideas and practices of appreciative living to make positive changes in their lives. Would you say a little bit more about how you started on this road to joy and appreciative living? Sure, Robin. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, my journey began very a very long time ago, actually, when I was struggling with depression and anxiety for really most of my life and trying every therapy and 12-step program that was out there and reading all the self-help books I could get my hands on to try to find an answer, it was something that I hid from people and I just dealt with because I was very embarrassed about it. I was ashamed of it. And then one day I was getting my MBA at Case Western Reserve University and I took a class on something called Appreciative Inquiry by David Cooperwriter. And I had no idea what Appreciative Inquiry was about. But the first night that I went, I was absolutely bowled over in the class. And I hung on David's every word. And I remember being up all night that night because I knew on some level, I had touched on something so powerful that it would change the course of my life but I had no idea how. And so I took another class with David and I would have taken even more if there were any. And when I left Case Western, I went to work uh, at Ernst & Young as a change management consultant. And it was in their leadership and organization change group where I was really able to apply the work and use it with clients. And it was there that I was able to see really how powerful it was and how different it was from the traditional problem solving approaches. I became even more of a believer after all that. And I continued to take more workshops from David as well as others. And then it was around 2000. Uh, wow, I've been doing this a long time. I had my daughter and I was struggling again with feeling down. And I thought, well, why don't I just try using appreciative inquiry to deal with this? I wasn't sure exactly how to do that, though. And the 4D cycle really doesn't fit. So I started looking at the principles more closely. I began playing around with gratitude lists and visualization, and the next thing I knew, I was happy for the first time in my life. And I was so excited about what I discovered, I called it Appreciative Living, and I wrote my first book back in 2005. And that's really how it all began. Wow, so applying the Appreciative Increase 4D cycle. Jackie, why don't you just explain to us very quickly the 4D cycle that you referred to and how you applied that to your own personal situation? 
Well, what I did is I actually created a three-step model that I call the AIA model because the four Ds are designed to really create change in a large scale in an organization or just a large scale change. And so it's meant to be done when you're working with a lot of people or a big project. But when you're working with yourself, you have the much smaller scale. And so the three-step model that I came up with, I call the AIA model. And the first step is appreciating what is and finding the good in the situation. And the second step is imagining the ideal and thinking about really what you want, really what the ideal outcome or the ideal situation is that you desire. And then the final step is to act in alignment, to take an action that is going to align with your vision and create whatever it is that you want. Thank you for that. So in doing that, Jackie, what did you discover for yourself? As I was using the process, I discovered how critical and negative I really was. (laughs) I think that's one of the really fascinating things about this work. When you do appreciative inquiry, or when I did appreciative inquiry, when I was first starting, I just assumed that because I was using it in organizations and I was teaching it, that it was automatically transferring over into my life. And what I discovered is that was not the case at all. And I really believe it's something that a lot of us think that happens that really doesn't happen. And I think that unless you are truly doing some kind of appreciative exercises, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this later in the interview, that really, you're really not living it. You might be doing your best to incorporate some pieces, and there are certainly elements that do transfer over. But I think it takes a concerted effort to really shift our automatic thinking personally to be more aligned with the appreciative living or the appreciative inquiry principles. Yeah, and what you're reminding me of is, you know, we say it's both a practice and a way of being. So it's the doing and the being. Yes. And so I think what you were saying earlier too is it's applying the practices. When you started your gratitude journal, for example, and you start to be very attentive to what you're feeling in your body and how you're expressing yourself and how you're kind of relating to others and you're noticing these things and then you realize that there are different ways of doing it because it's not serving you in the way that you want. I think it's also aligned to the positivity part of appreciative inquiry. So when we think about the the strategies or how we integrate greater positivity in our life, that's part of it. I mean, that positivity principle is really key to it. Yes, I agree. And I love the name positivity. And I think it's Barbara Fredrickson who is who has put that out there uh, as, a, as a term. And I really would love if it would catch on. Because to me, it's an outlook. Appreciative inquiry is a philosophy. It's a way of seeing the world and positivity, as you said. That's what I think of as appreciative living. And and to me, that means having an automatic way of looking at the world where you naturally see more of the good things that exist right alongside the bad. And I'm sure, as you know, Robin, we are culturally conditioned to look at the bad stuff. And it's that survival instinct called the negativity bias. So we really have to work to overcome that bias to see more of the good things. And one of the big misnomers with this work is that people think it's about ignoring the bad or covering it up. 
And it's not at all. Again, I know you, you are well aware of this. This is about expanding our worldview, seeing more of the good. So we're actually seeing the whole picture. So to me, positivity is intentionally working in some way to overcome that negativity bias so that you see a more complete picture of reality. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's that wholeness. And in fact, the first book that you wrote, The Appreciative Living Book, you expand on the principles and you do bring up the principle of wholeness as an emerging principle. That to me just makes such sense. Are you aware of Barbara Fredrickson's book, Love 2.0? I love that book. Yeah. So, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> well, you know, and I've referred to it on other on previous episodes as well, and it's about finding those those micro moments of love, and it's yes. the compounding effect of that that helps in the neuroplasticity of the brain to rewire those neural networks. So it is a big practice. The more that do, you do it, the stronger you get. And it becomes more integrated into your being. And so when the negativity, and I couldn't agree more about we need both, but when it comes up, we are better able to deal with it in the long term. And that's that broaden and build theory, which I love. So Jackie, I know, you know, you mentioned at the outset that you you experienced depression um, from time to time. And I know that you've just come out of a foggy time just recently Is this something that you would like to share about that part of your life and particularly, again, how you've turned it around in applying your own, by applying your own medicine, so to speak? Yeah, Robin, I don't even know how to start with this story because it is, it is so crazy. I still can't even believe that this happened. It all began about not quite two years ago, and I was living my happy life and all was well. I was teaching this work. I had written my books, and I got a bad leg leg infection after some minor surgery, and the doctors could not get it under control. And so I ended up in the hospital for seven days with the strongest antibiotics that they had just coursing through my body. And what happened is, in the middle of this, right out of the blue, I lost all interest in life, including my will to live. It was crazy. The doctors told me while I was in the hospital, they said I might die, I might lose my leg, and I didn't care. I thought I was like, fine, you know, take me now. I really don't even want to be here anymore. I had lost all interest in my business, in everything that was going on in my life. It was just the craziest thing. And I laid there in the hospital and I couldn't understand what was going on. I went home after that to several weeks of bed rest and more antibiotics, and I continued to feel completely and totally flat. And this was something that was different from the depression that I had known. I had spent many years dealing with depression in my life. And this was different because when I had depression in the past, I was always very upset or I, was, I cried a lot or I felt very down emotionally. But in this case, I was just completely flat emotionally. It was that I could not feel positive emotion. So I would hug my kids and I would feel absolutely nothing. Or I would look at flowers or a beautiful sunset or listen to music and be completely unmoved. And I thought maybe I was having a midlife crisis, but 
I knew that it was something much more than that, but I didn't know what was going on. But somehow the antibiotics had done something to my body where I could not feel positive emotion. (laughs) So here I was, right? I'm the joy engineer of all things, and I could not feel joy. So I had written these books. I had helped thousands of people get happier, and I tried to do the exercises myself, But not only did they not work, but they actually made me feel worse. So this went on for like eight months and I just hid out. I hid from my customers. I hid from my business and I just waited and hoped this would go away and had no idea what was going on. Finally, after about eight months, I discovered that what I had was called anhedonia and it's spelled A-N-H-E-D-O-N-I-A. I'd never heard of it. But it turns out that this is a side effect of many medications, and particularly antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. And of course, antibiotics. That's what caused it for me. Mm. And it turns out that anhedonia affects a different part of the brain than depression. And there's no solid treatment for it out there, at least that I could find. So here's the rest of the story. I went to work to try and cure it. And it turns out that researchers are just now learning about how connected the brain and the gut are and how important gut health is to mental health. And this is really fascinating. And I think that the way depression is going to be treated in the future will be completely different. I looked at the part of the brain that was affected by anhedonia and I created targeted exercises for stimulating that part because I had already done that with the appreciative living work with depression. And so after four weeks, this began to work. And after six weeks, I was halfway back to having my full emotions, which was, it was beyond miraculous for me. But the interesting thing is just because I could feel the positive emotions, it did not make me a happy person. And I was depressed the whole first part of my life. And I could feel positive emotions then, for example, but I wasn't happy. So just being able to feel those emotions doesn't make you a happy person. So at that point, once I could feel, I started doing the appreciative living exercises and I built my happiness right back up again and actually beyond where I even was before, which was totally amazing. So how crazy is this to go back into the depths of despair and use this work a second time, but this time more deliberately knowing what I was doing to pull myself out. So I have to tell you, Robin, I am more of a believer than ever that this works. I've done it twice now, and hopefully I will never have to do it again. (laughs) Two times is two times too many. But I am so passionate now and so hopeful that other people can do this because I know for me it's worked twice. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jackie. And that's why I said at the outset that you're truly an inspiration to me. You're actually walking your talk (laughs) in the sense that you've been down to the depths and you've seen the dark side and there are ways of dealing with it, right? So my sense is that conventional ways can work to a point, but then there's the work that if you have the opportunity to do for yourself, that is a big part of it. And the fact that you you looked at yourself and you applied the principles that you knew had worked in the past and could work again, I think that's just fabulous. And so does that mean that you were able to get off medication? Yes. Well, I was never on 
medication this time around for, do you mean the antibiotics? I was on them a total of about mm. seven weeks, but I will tell you very interestingly, the anhedonia hit on about the second day of taking the antibiotics before I even went in the hospital. So it wasn't the seven weeks that caused it. It was the two days but what happened is after seven weeks, it really wiped out my gut and my gut could not repair. And so when I, part of the healing journey that I didn't talk about is that I did actually change my eating and do some things physically to help repair my gut before I had used the appreciative living exercises. And so that was a part of the healing journey as well. But for people who just take, say, the the medications for a short period of time, I think that they can get anhedonia for a short period, but then it will heal because the body will heal. It's just that mine was so extensive, it didn't heal. And it actually got hardwired, quote unquote, into my brain because of the length of time. Gosh, what learnings, right? Amazing. As you look back on all these things, Jackie, I want to ask you an appreciative question. And that is, what is it about yourself that you truly value in your story? What it is about you that you have been able to lift yourself out of that? I think that's a great question, Robin, and I haven't really thought about this, but one thing that I think I have, and I don't know how I got it, is something that Carol Dweck calls the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's a belief that somehow, some way, I will figure this out. I will persevere. Even when I had the depression for years and years, I mean, it was, I don't know how many years, 40 something before I finally really overcame it. I I never stopped looking. I never stopped believing I would find a way. And I've always had that in me. Even with the anhedonia, it was very scary in the middle of it. I read a lot of people on the internet who'd had this for years and years. As a matter of fact, one of the women that I just recently worked with who overcame hers and I helped her do that, she had had the anhedonia for eight years. So it was very terrifying that I could live that way the rest of my life. And, but I was determined not to. And so I think that's something we can all learn to cultivate. And I love her work. There's a lot of information on, you know, on YouTube and she has a great book on the growth mindset. And I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools that we can develop personally to help us deal with life and and really make it better. Yeah, so this growth mindset, um, I love that. I think it's fantastic. And so that is that you're continually seeking, you're continually looking for solutions. You're not getting bogged down in what what's you're immersed in at the time. Yeah. And it's just, it's the belief that you can overcome it. You can do it. That with, with continued effort and trying and learning, you will get there. And that is something that, again, I don't know how I, how I developed that early on, but I did. And that's what has gotten me through all these different things. Mm, Yeah. Well, if you think back when you were a mechanical engineer and then you were doing your MBA and you were, you attended a lecture by David Cooperider and you were introduced to appreciative inquiry. It's that continually finding the relationships and the patterns and the possibilities and the opportunities that exist in in other things and making those connections. And that to me is also about positivity. So this whole growth mindset to me is part of how we can work towards 
a greater, more positive contribution that serves not only ourselves and that, and serves others and can serve the world at large. That's a really big piece for me to be able yeah. to do that. So, Jackie, with the, the appreciative living courses that you've designed, um, I'd love to hear more about that and I'm sure the audience too would love to understand more about the course and how they can find out more. Yeah, I have a new workshop actually that I am really excited about. It's a home study course and so people can do it at their own pace. It's six weeks long if they want to do that at a weekly pace and it contains live recordings and daily exercises from appreciative uh, living teleseminars that I've run in the past. And it's a great program. I, of course, I'm biased, but <laughs> I really think it's fantastic. I've exerted the best of the teleseminars that I've run. And it includes everything really to truly learn how to live an appreciative life and how to be AI. And so it has the daily exercises that you need to do in order to overcome that negativity bias that we talked about that we're so culturally ingrained to come to think that way. And it also helps you to learn to see the good in your life and uh, to create an ideal vision of what you want most, which is something that a lot of us know we need to do, but taking the time to sit down and really do that. And that's something that really changes with time too. So you need to constantly be upgrading or changing your vision as you change. And then finally, how to do what I call inspired action planning to make it happen. And this is different than goal setting. This is about how to tap into your own personal motivation and inspiration so that you want to take those actions. It's, there's no discipline required here to make that vision happen. And so it's really a program for leading a successful life while truly being AI. And what I love is your work is never done really, right? With this appreciative way of being, there's always more to learn. There's always more to apply. And so with this home study program, you can get that out. You can do that once a year say, or if you're going through a difficult time or it's full of exercises and things. So to me, it's like a life toolbox. So I'm so excited. It's something that I've been wanting to have available for people for, for many years. And I'm finally just getting it together now. So if people are interested, I actually am offering it right now at a special price on your website and they can go there for details where this podcast is and learn more about that if they are interested. Yeah, Jackie, it will show up in the show notes. As you know, I write some show notes that summarize the conversation and pull out some of the golden nuggets and the gems and also provide a whole set of links for people to be able to find more about you, your books, and definitely the home study course. And that's going to be Positivity Strategist slash PS16. So people who are listening to this can go to the Positivity Strategist website and um, go to PS16 and they'll find all this information. So I'm excited to be able to give this information to people to reinvest in yourself and so you can come back and do the exercises again. So something comes up in your life because it's about life changes. It's evolving the whole time and issues come up for us just as you've had your health issues. I've had my health issues. We get family issues. We have things happening at our work, the whole gambit. And so from time to time, we need to take this investment in ourselves and go through some exercises and 
and reconnect with the things that we know are truly valuable and help us be the best that we can be. So the fact that you can revisit this on an ongoing basis, correct? Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. Think that's I think it's critical. And also, mm-hmm. I a day doesn't go by. Well, that's not true. Sometimes a couple of days go by <laughs> when mm-hmm. I don't do my appreciative exercises. Mm-hmm. But I really am committed. I I see it, and I see how my life begins to shift when I stop doing them. So I really believe you have to have these to live a really happy life. Unless you're one of those people who is sort of born with that happy outlook and can just naturally see the good. But I think it's pretty rare in our culture because of that negativity bias. Mm -hmm. So I believe, and if it's not this program, it's some program, but you just need to be doing something that helps you to see the good and to picture what you really want going forward. Yeah. And when you talk about the negativity bias, I've just finished reading the most recent book by Todd Cashden and Robert Biswasina called The Upside of the Downside, I think it's called. And it mm. is about being whole. It addresses the fact that, that negativity serves a purpose for us. And after all, our prime motivation is survival. And whilst we will kick into gear for fight or flight if we need to when faced with adversity, we also need to build the ability to strengthen our positivity to overcome the negativity bias. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the whole exploration of the negative side is a fascinating, fascinating thing. And I have not read that book. I just know from my own work that I believe and I have found it's really fascinating. The more you open up the, the positive side and you look at the good things, What that does is that gives you the courage and the strength to look at that quote unquote negative side, because what happens eventually you'll begin to see there is no negative. It's all positive. And that's when you really start to get into a whole new area, because really when you think about what is negative or what is positive, that's a judgment. That's based on a set of beliefs we had about what is good and bad. And as you open up your worldview and you begin to expand that positive side, you begin to see the totality of reality in front of you, that line begins to shift. And what you thought was negative, it becomes smaller and smaller. And so you actually, ironically, will work the quote unquote bad side to a greater degree by focusing on the good. And that is something very hard to explain and something that people don't understand. And that's why I continue to say this is definitely not about covering up the bad. And in fact, you will work the bad, quote, even stronger with this positive approach. Yeah, yeah. Jackie, we have the holidays coming up and I know that can often cause a bit of stress or anxiety for people, you know, having to get things ready and family visiting and work pressures and all those kinds of things. So wouldn't it be cool if you could walk us through how you would apply your appreciative living principles to the holidays coming up and how we might deal with some of the stresses or anxieties we might think we're going to be facing? Yes, Robin, that's a really common one. I think that's a great application. And what I would suggest is using the three-step model that I talked about where 
you begin by appreciating what is. The second step is imagining the ideal. And the third is acting in alignment. And so for the first step, appreciating what is, this is something that is fantastic to do a couple weeks out if you can, or a couple days or even five minutes before you're going to walk in the door Mm -hmm. if, if you don't get to it. Sometime in advance, begin by focusing on what is best about the situation. What do you love about your family? What are you grateful for? What are all the positive aspects of this? How fun is it to get together? What are the things that you do really enjoy? And just try to make a list of all the good positive aspects you can think of. And that helps to expand that worldview and to see more of the good things. And that will help you to feel better about the situation. So that's the first step. And you can repeat that as the holidays get closer. You could do that several times before. I love that. Yeah, that's great. And then the second step is to think about the ideal. So what would it look like? And you have to remember, we cannot change other people. We cannot change situations. You know, if it's snowing or raining that day, we have no ability to change that. So what you want to do is you want to picture yourself having a good experience in the middle of whatever is happening. Don't get too caught up in whatever is happening. Really focus on yourself. See yourself. I'm going into the the Thanksgiving or the Christmas dinner and I am feeling happy. I am staying calm. There's a lot happening around me and I see myself staying centered. I see myself enjoying myself, not getting caught up in drama perhaps or whatever it is. But you see yourself doing whatever it is that would be the ideal experience for you and you focus on that and get clear about what that looks like. So often part of the reason that we don't create as well as we'd like to is we really just don't even know what it is we're trying to get to. We don't even know what what the ideal experience looks like. So just taking a few minutes to think about what you really want is really helpful. And then finally, acting in alignment, just what is one small step you could take today to make a difference that would help to create this ideal vision that you want? What is one little thing you could do that could help you be more relaxed or help you be happier or help you stay in your center? Maybe you want to create a mantra. Maybe you want to stop and take a deep breath or just small steps. And that little activity, you would be surprised at how much that can transform a situation, that just those few simple steps. Yeah, that makes such sense. And it's such perfect timing because we are coming up to the holidays and um, if and we have a couple of weeks now to prepare. So with the fact that you there's your self-study course and now you've given us some practical examples of how you can apply this to yourself. I think that is just fabulous. We'll have a chance to be able to really focus on creating a stress-free, less anxious, positive experience, not only for ourselves, but our family members and anyone else we come into touch with. I'm so excited that you've shared this with us. The timing is beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, Robin. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for inviting me. Great, Jackie. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we sign off for today? The only thing I would like to say is that joy is available to everyone. Everyone. I spent many years in therapy being told that I could only be so happy, that I could only manage my issues, that that I could only, things could only get so good. And I just don't believe that. I would never take that limit on. Just keep trying, get, develop that growth mindset and keep searching for your answers and you will find them. 
Joy is available to everyone. Thank you, Jackie, Joy Engineer of Appreciative Living. (laughs) Thank you, Robin. Links to references and resources mentioned in this episode can be viewed in the show notes for this episode. And you can find out more and register for Jackie's Appreciative Living in Practice Home Study Series at positivitystrategist.com slash PS16. The Positivity Lens activity for this week is to act on Jackie's three steps of the AIA process. You may choose to do this as you plan for the holiday season, or it may be that you want to use it as a framework to plan for 2015, which is just around the corner as we go live with this episode. In a nutshell, step one is appreciate what you have right now. Step two, imagine your ideal. What do you really want to create in your life? Step three, act in alignment. These are three simple yet very powerful life-changing steps. You can download the Positivity Lens Activity Guide for more and sign up for the home study course to fully integrate this life-changing process into your life. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.